0: This week on It Was a Thing on TV, we talk about Seattle and a man named Martin Crane. Wait, is this right, Greg?
1: Wait a minute.
0: Mike? I, I, Mike? I, hold
1: on. Chico, I don't see the store of money point on this show.
2: Um, Tense dramatic music. This is It Was a Thing on TV.
0: gentlemen, I give you The Dregs of Humanity! Episode 192, submission number 634, Domestic Life. What? What'd you think we were talking about? (laughs) Domestic Life aired on CBS from January 4th to April 15th of 1984 for 10 episodes, one of which went unaired.
3: Be it ever so humble. Who cares? Not me. If we're just your normal family. And the vacuum cleaner's busted. And the children aren't adjusted. I got you, you got me. And we can wrestle this economy. So let our station wagon rattle suburbs of Seattle I tell the world that we are happy in our domesticity
0: Martin, and Martin Mull were such good friends. And from that friendship, such golden comedy would come of it. Well, apparently it was one of the funniest shows that you never saw in 1984 and was canceled after 10 episodes. In fact, it was so obscure and so little watched that and this is going to be a bit of a uh, behind the uh, curtain little action. The three of us had a heck of a time trying to piece together an episode, guys.
1: Yeah, I couldn't find crap about this. All I could find on
0: YouTube was the, the open of this darn show. Which is very whimsically hokey. Oh yeah, this
1: is something you'd expect from a show starring Morton Mull.
0: Not named uh, America Tonight, obviously.
1: No all america tonight
0: that was a good show yeah
1: no fred willard here though unfortunately on this show no.
0: we do have martin mall playing the role of martin crane who is a news anchor seems like every other show in the 80s had to do with a news anchor what's up with that yeah i mean
1: look at uh what is it good goodnight, good night bean town good night bean town
0: uh, Murphy Brown, obviously. Yeah, Murphy Brown. W I O U. That thing with Robert Hayes on the radio in Washington D.C. You could know, even what, that
2: one time Madeline Kahn uh, tried becoming a, a weather woman. Come around here and sit at the anchor desk. Hey, oh my, my, mom looks like it's raining in Kansas. No, no, that's just a little bit
3: of dirt. I'll just right. Oh, Kansas? <laughs> oh my, that looks like the day after. The- oh. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, I I don't want to trigger Greg with another The Day After reference.
1: Oh. Uh, well, good. Because I don't want to think of Jason Robards dying of radiation poisoning.
2: Oh, who does?
0: Mm -hmm. Nobody does. Not
2: Jason Robards, come on! Not an American treasure like Jason Robards.
0: No, he is an American treasure.
1: There is no end zone. You never cross the
0: goal line,
3: spike the ball, and do your touchdown dance. Never.
0: Yes, he is. So what was domestic life about? I mean, what could possibly go through the minds of Steve Martin and Martin Ball to produce this? Well, we have a segment of the evening news at KMRT in Seattle where Martin Crane delivered the domestic life report. It's basically a commentator piece. Remember, editorials and op-eds were big in the 1980s until certain bodies decided to make entire news networks out of them. And his spot was called the Domestic Life Report. And he offers advice and commentary based on his own domestic life. Of course, his domestic life is... Far from the polish that you see on television. In fact, you have his wife, Candy, played by Judith Marie Bergen. His 14-year-old fashion-conscious daughter, Dee Dee, played by a very young Megan Follows, who, by the way, would be, what, two or three years removed from Anne of Green Gables on Wonderworks?
1: Yes, and not to mention, she plays the mother of Winona
0: Earp. Nice.
1: Yes. Well, Jeez. we had we had to mention a Canadian show like on Earth" because we have to mention some Canadian show that's not hanging in for once.
0: Hashtag CanCon.
2: Oh, but I like hanging in. I
0: like hanging in too, but it only aired for like one season in the US. Uh, it's like, pretty. what, Canada got all five or something. I don't know. It was
2: like seven or eight in Canada, I thought. Uh, but what? But we're, we're getting off track.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, anyway, Dee Dee is very smart, but she's not as bright as her 10-year-old brother, Harold, played by Christian Breck Zika, who, let's be honest, looks a lot like Martin Ball if he was 10 years old. I'm literally looking at a picture of him right now. But yeah, glasses, a blonde mop top, sort of. Basically plump. Anyway, Harold is the genius of the family who reads the Wall Street Journal, dabbles in the stock market, and runs a startup from his bedroom. Oh yeah, and he also takes time out to uh, loan his parents money just so they can make ends meet.
2: So he sounds like Alex P. Keaton, but like 10 years younger.
0: Basically. Yeah. And interestingly, you mentioned Alex P. Keaton, because in a couple of episodes, we have uh, Sally Dwyer, who is Harold's girlfriend, played by Tina Yevers, even though she calls him Doughboy.
1: That Tina Yovers.
0: That Tina Yevers.
1: So this was 1984, right? Yes. So this would be still during the second season of Family Ties.
0: Right. Okay. So Christian Brackett Zika, the actor who played Harold, he was, he was all over the place as a child actor in the 80s. He was on Silver Spoons, Different Strokes, The Jeffersons, Chips. He was on an episode of Hello Larry. Hello Larry! Another classic show about media in the Pacific Northwest. And he was on an episode. Are you ready for this, Mike? Okay. Night Court.
2: Because of course he was.
0: Yeah. Sadly, uh, he is no longer with us. He died on February 18th, 2019 in Springville, Alabama at the age of 48.
4: Aww. Yeah. Mm.
0: So then you have the daughter, Dee Dee, who's played by Megan Follows, again. Uh, really successful Canadian actress, known for uh, Anne of Green Gables, and the spinoff Anne of Avonlea, and of course, Heartland, and Whiteona Earp. And she played Catherine de' Medici in Rain, which, you know, uh, any excuse to mention Adelaide Kane, who was on Power Rangers RPM, I'll take it.
2: So basically, she's that Canadian actor from that Canadian thing.
0: That is correct. Gotcha. Fun fact, she played Shania Twain's mother in a TV movie.
2: Shania Twain's mother? Okay.
0: Yeah? I'll buy it. Okay. And wife Candy Crane was played by Judith Marie Bergen, who is best known, well, as a recurring player, because she played like three different roles in Empty Nests from 89 to 95. Sadly, she too is no longer with us. She died on August 2016 at age 67. Oh. Uh, but yeah, she was another that woman from that thing. Uh, she was in All is Forgiven, Heart Knocks, Heart to Heart, Three's Company. She was on an episode of Oh, Madeline. Oh. And she played a newscaster on This Is The Life.
1: Oh. Well, you know what wasn't the life? This Is The Life.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to have to put that on the list after a while. Okay, so let's go to work at KMRT in Seattle where we have... Oh, gosh. Mike, are you ready to mark out here? I- I'm ready for
2: everybody to collectively mark out here. Okay. Because this is a name we have talked about, oh gosh, at least three times before.
0: Okay. In the role of Cliff Hamilton, the anchor person, Robert Ridgely.
2: Oh yeah, Robert Ridgely, baby. You mean you don't remember all the references we made about Ridgely?
0: I remember a great deal of them, but no, not all of them.
2: Oh, I I was talking to our our dear listeners, but I can fill in some gaps for you. Okay. We talked about him on When Things Were Rotten, because he played a character called Hollingsworth. We, we talked about him on the Saturday Supercade episode because he played the voice of Pitfall Harry. Yeah, uh-huh. you, re- you remember that? Well, that was your money in the bank earlier this year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and it- spoiler
0: alert, I already have my money in the bank for next year.
1: Wait, when does this episode air,
0: guys? August
1: 30th. August 30th. Okay. So next episode, we officially, start because I don't start it officially until the first episode that airs in September. So starting next episode, we start money in the bank for 2022.
0: Yes. So, Uh,
2: and going back to uh, the television roles of Bob Ridgely, uh, the one place that I remember him from, and I've made reference to it on all the previous uh, references to Bob Ridgely. He was Chuck Fleck on Night Court. He was the host of What Am I?
1: Oh, what am I? I I? am
2: human sweat! Whoa!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hear that? That means only 30 seconds remain in regulation play, and each question is now worth $1,000. Players, I am a hermaphrodite, and when I mate, I leap from a tree, swinging from 7 to 24 hours on a rope made from my own mucus. What am I? I am a great gray slug. Yes, you are! (laughs) All right, both. (laughs) Fully grown, I am 3 inches long and weigh less than a dime. I am an Etruscan shrew. Amazing! (laughs) Next question. I live in warm... I am a dust mite. Yes! And you now have six thousand seven hundred dollars! Only seconds left. I am zirconium. (laughs) Yes, you are.
2: You are not human sweat. You are you are Chico Alexander. Yeah. And also, Greg. Yeah. I think we mentioned this too. He was on wings. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Hey, hey guys. Uh huh. I know you're not gonna believe this, guys. Try me. All right, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Okay. Go on. I don't think I've told anybody this secret. Okay.
0: I, yeah, I'm all ears, bro. We're listening.
1: I got a confession.
0: You're among friends here. Go ahead.
1: I love wings. Really?
0: I did not know that.
1: No. Yeah, nor did I. No. And by the way, it did make Tony Shalhoub's career.
2: Yes, it it did. did. It did. And somebody better fix Lowell's blimp.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's going to. Yeah. Somebody needs to fix his blimp before he gets all up in his feelings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Or else he'll uh, he'll end up in a multiversal saga with Peter Porker. Am I right, Chico?
0: Oh, nice.
1: And wrapping up. Hey, hey, it's not been officially confirmed yet, but we have an idea where it's going.
0: I know where this. Hey. You don't have to tell me. I already know. Now, rounding up the cast is the co-anchor, Jane Funakubo, played by Mia Hunt, who is a that woman from that thing. Uh, she was in Starman, The Force Court, Ruthless People, that movie from 1986. Oh,
1: with, uh, what is it? Bet Midler and Shelley Long. She was. No, on wait, the wait, hold on. Am I thinking of Outrageous Fortune?
0: Uh, you're probably thinking of. Wait, you're probably thinking of Outrageous Fortune. Ruthless People had. Nope, ruthless people did have Bet Midler, Danny DeVito, Judge Reinhold.
1: Okay, Outrageous Fortune was the one with
0: Bet Midler and
1: Shelley Long. Okay,
0: yeah, but but Bet Midler was in this movie.
1: Oh, okay, good.
0: But her last credit was as Dr. Song on an episode of Reasonable Doubts with Marley Matlin and Mark Harmon.
1: Oh, Marley Matlin and Mark Harmon.
0: Two actors that I love. Oh. Well, Marley Matlin. I mean, come on.
2: Who doesn't love Marley Matlin? Seriously.
0: She is a legend. Oh, yes. Oh, Greg, you're going to love this. She played a newscaster. In special bulletin. Oh, oh! Wait, was she the female newscaster in Special Bulletin? She was a female newscaster. Yes.
1: Okay, I'm not sure if she was the main female newscaster. Not the main.
0: She was not Catherine. Okay, Walker. she was
1: not Ca- Okay, not Catherine Walker. Okay, that's something we gotta do one day on this podcast, Special Bulletin. Yeah,
0: the- I've actually seen that movie. Oh yeah, it's freaking disturbing. It and I'm is. not just talking about the actual plot.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not quite as disturbing as the day after. It's uh, like the PG-13 version of
0: the day after. Yeah. It's better than the day after. Not as good as Without Warning. Just saying.
1: Well, it's way better than Threads. Am I right?
0: Uh, Yeah. So those are your main players. You have basically a work-life balance in 10 parts. And it helps when your work life is basically the news and you call it from your home life. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: In fact, Martin Ball, and he was talking about uh, doing the show with Steve Martin, This was a Father Knows Best-style show in which uh, Martin called it a gentle spoof of family sitcom cliches. The first idea was to do a show about a politician who gets elected to Washington. NBC passed on it. Then they came up with this idea. NBC passed on that, but CBS agreed to make six episodes. That six turned into ten, and, well... They only aired nine of them. How am I doing, math teacher?
2: Acceptable.
0: Okay. And then Martin goes on and says, We, meaning Steve Martin and himself, thought one of my many strengths might be as a monologuist. Remember, Steve Martin and Martin Ball, they met doing stand-up. So, he thought his strength would be as a monologuist talking right to the camera which he does, by the way, in Fernwood Tonight, in America Tonight. That is his strong point. So he tried to figure out what kind of occupation a character could have where he could talk right down the barrel. That's why we chose a television commentator. And with that, CBS put it on the air. I want to say it was Tuesday night. Nope. Wait. And with that, CBS put it on the air. Wednesday, January 4th of 84. Right in the middle of real people on one side and the fall guy on the other.
2: Double ouch.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Would it, would it get an upgrade in week two, perhaps?
2: Not really. That
0: would be a no. No. How about week three? Come on, humor me, CBS. Nope.
2: No, it stayed on Wednesday night throughout its entire run. Okay. Yeah.
0: I just want to say humor me, CBS, so they won't. It
2: didn't humor you, I'm sorry.
0: No, but the thing of it was, and the New York Times reported it as such, the tone is right, the cast is about perfect, and the result is often quite funny. So what happened?
2: Well, Mike. Well, Fall Guys and, and real people happened. I think. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Th- 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 That's definitely uh, one reason. Uh, and I do have the ratings. Uh, I have the ratings for the first week and the last week. And they're. I got, kinda... I got the rating.
0: I have the ratings for all of the uh, episodes, actually. Well yeah, you,
2: you you probably have the national ratings, and I'm sure, it's a, very... and I'm sure it's a very and I'm sure it's a and I'm sure
0: it's a very nice rating. Well, wink, wink. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah
2: yeah you've got that i actually have the ratings from the first week and the last week but we'll save that until after we get through the episodes
0: okay well what so let's go through the episodes
2: so let's yeah let's do just that so we're going to start with episode one Harold and love ooh, ooh. yeah A 10-year-old astonishes his family when he brings home a girlfriend to meet his parents.
0: Uh, I'm guessing this is the Tina Yeathers. This is
2: one of the two Tina Yeathers episodes. I I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. Uh, And actually, there's an ad for this uh, above the capsule I'm looking at. Everything goes, including sanity, in domestic life.
0: Hmm. I'll believe that.
2: that That's what type of show it is. Episode number two, Small Cranes Court. Real short here, Martin mm-hmm. vents his anger over a travel agent's booking for his family. Hey, guys, remember travel
1: agents? are not those well, people still, that well, live there's in the computer? Th- they're still a thing. I know that, but I mean, they're not. They're not really much of a thing anymore in an age of, like, Priceline and everything.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're they're not much of a necessary thing, absolutely. And you know who was in this episode? Sylvia Sidney. Hollywood legend.
2: Oh. And then we go to episode three. Good Neighbor Cliff.
1: Sadly, this does not involve either state form or Chris Paul's character of Cliff Paul.
2: Martin, Candy, and Harold reluctantly accept a dinner invitation from Cliff Hamilton. That would be one of the news anchors.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob Ridgely.
2: Oh, have I told you about Bob Ridgely? We talked about him when things were rotten, and he was Chuck Fleck on that episode of Night Court where Bull goes on the game show. And now it's time to play
3: America's favorite game show. I and with America's favorite host.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to What Am I? Did I tell you that uh, Hannah barbera made Bob Ridgely's career? No. Chuck Fleck made Bob Ridgely's career. Por que no los dos? And you know who played his wife, Enid? Who's A- that? Alan Ann McClary. And she was basically known for, well, she was known for being married to actor George Gaines.
1: Oh, my God. Punky, Punky, George Gaines. <laughs> George punk-y. Gaines. Punky, Oh, Punky,
4: punk-y. Oh, Punky, Punky, punk-y. 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 Tell, punk-y. You, punk-y. tell punk-y.
3: Sherry not
1: to go in the refrigerator, Punky.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and I'm sure you guys heard that the new Punky Brewster got canceled. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll cover yeah. that in the
0: year-end show. But oh. uh, sadly, Alan Ann McClary no longer with us. Oh. Died at the oh. 91 years young in North Bend, Washington. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Also played Baby's Mother in Dirty Dancing.
1: The TV oh, oh, the T. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. We do what that, means, that then. means
0: Do it, she, Greg. Do she, it. Do it.
1: She was the on-screen wife of McLean Stevenson. Yeah, darn
2: right, she was. Oh my gosh, this all folds in so beautifully. Yes, oh. it does. Oh. oh, sometimes these little coincidences are just so absolutely beautiful. Uh,
1: when oh. everybody- Whenever the new Dirty Dancing series premieres on Prime, we're doing that Dirty Dancing 88 series. Oh, yeah. We
2: we need to do that for McClane. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Well, with that out of the way, episode four, he ain't heavy, he's my dentist. His nice brother, he's he's my dentist. Dentist? There's a lot of heavy dentists? Well... You eat too much candy and you get heavy. You got to go to the dentist or something like that. Well, uh, uh, depression is contagious when Martin takes on the responsibility of understanding his dentist slash friends pronounced angst. That's mm. just what you need. A dentist who has angst. He's got a drill. He can take out all your teeth.
0: That's uh, really. That's unsettling. That's a little bit. Yeah. Oh, by the way, playing the role of the dentist is Paul Sands, who's known more as a director than an actor, but I've seen him in Teen Wolf 2 and Future Entry, Erie, Indiana.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Erie, Indiana. We'll be talking about that Halloween of 2022.
2: All right. Episode five. Harold, can you spare $4,000?
0: Wait. Okay. The, the, Harold's the kid. What
2: kid is $4,000 in 1984?
0: Uh, hey. Well, remember, Harold is a kid with an IRA who dabbles in the stock market and runs a startup out of his bedroom.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He's the Alex P. Keaton of CBS. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The cranes have a balloon payment due on their mortgage but are unable to pay. So Martin is reluctant to go to their son, Harold, who, by the way, is loaded? Yeah, uh, and actually,
2: my little capsule says the KMRT staff does nothing to ease Martin's tension when he is unable to meet his mortgage payment. Hey, you know what? I just noticed that the the station, the call letters, mm-hmm. KMRT, K, well, either Kmart or K Mister T.
0: Hmm. Oh, I see. I don't know if there's, or, if or there's a hit wait, in- KMRT.
2: Oh, K-M-R-T. KMRT. KMRT, Martin. Martin Ball. Oh Martin. Well, I like K and also K Mr. T there. I pity the fool that doesn't watch KMRT. Marketing gold, Mike.
0: Marketing hey, we, gold.
2: we found three possible ways of analyzing this. Or I, I'm sorry. I found two. You guys found one. Anywho. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Team effort, Mike. Team effort. Yeah, we are we are a team. There is no I IN team. Uh, episode 6 Harold at the bat and one thing that we shouldn't mention is uh, the previous episode aired on February 1st 1984. This didn't air until March 18th. so we have a month and a half gap here. Oh all right. yeah that, that doesn't very uh, bode very well. and actually uh, it says March 18th is the air date. Believe it or not, the capsule I'm getting this from is dated February 3rd. So who the heck knows when this aired? However, uh, the episode, uh, uh, everyone except Harold believes that Harold's Little League team will win the city championship.
0: Okay, well, I well, according to IMDb, the episode aired on July 24th.
2: Okay, we can't find a, a, a good air date for this episode. We've got March 18th, we've got July, we've got February. It aired sometime in 1984. Shoulder shrug here.
0: Meh. And according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, it aired March 18. Yeah, so, I was say, yeah March, February, July. Who the hell knows when
2: it aired? Who knows? Absolutely.
0: Who knows
2: and who cares? That's You're not wrong there. Right? Uh-huh. Episode 7 is called Cooking with Candy. Ooh. Ooh! Ooh. Ooh. And, and this one aired Candy. March Yeah, and this one aired March 25th. And what the capsule I have for this is, is newsman Martin Crane is faced with a new threat from an unexpected direction.
0: Doesn't sound terribly specific. No, not really. But can I tell you who was in this episode? Two known names. Write these down. Playing the role of Kiki, Leslie Easterbrook. And if you oh! don't know who Leslie Easterbrook is. Greg knows who Leslie Easterbrook is. Oh,
1: yeah. From Police Academy,
2: baby. And we didn't talk about her all that long ago.
1: Yeah, we talked about her, I think, Misfits of Science, didn't we? I think it was Misfits of Science, yeah.
0: Yep. And playing the role of plants will be John McCook, who people more like fans of my stories will know him as Eric Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful.
2: Oh. Yeah, very very well known uh, among the daytime crowd, yes.
0: Yep. Also played the role of Howard Stark in The Invincible Iron Man in 2007, Greg.
1: Oh yeah, the Iron Man, that's the animated cartoon, right?
0: That is the animated cartoon.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh,
2: And also, uh, keeping with our thematic uh, theme uh, regarding uh, Bob Ridgely... Well, believe it or not, John McCook in 1984, on an episode of Hill Street Blues, he played a game show host. Oh. I can see that.
0: I could see uh, yeah, that. Yeah,
2: you look at him, you could definitely see him. Even now on Bolden the Beautiful, he could definitely pull it off. He's got the look.
0: Yep. He looks like he could go next door and take over Drew's role if need be.
2: Yeah. Plus, also, he appeared on Family Feud, uh, All-Star Family Feud in 2017 on, believe it or not, the Bold and the Beautiful team.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked.
2: Yeah, show me your shock face. Okay, you're, you're shocked. <laughs> I and he was on Hollywood Squares in 2002.
0: And he delivered a clue on Jeopardy as Eric Forrester. Oh. And
2: he did the Pyramid. Oh, Well, yeah, it, it seems like everybody does the Pyramid at some everybody point. Everybody
0: does the Pyramid. Oh,
2: wait, 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 wait. We're talking about all these game shows. I totally forgot he did this one. He was a celebrity contestant on Beat the Clock in 1979. I want my closure.
1: Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah.
2: And also he was on uh, Hollywood Squares back in the 70s. Oh. Yeah, oh. looks like he did at least four weeks in 78 and 79. Uh, also Tales. So, I mean, he's a veteran to say the least.
0: Yeah, so. he is a known commodity. He is definitely a known entity, absolutely. Uh, episode eight rip rides
2: again. Martin's colleagues become angry when he tries to persuade the station owner to make a comeback.
0: Hmm, mm,
2: indeed. Well, good luck with that. Uh, um,
0: yeah, I believe the uh, the guy was named Zeb Dalton and is played by Gary Epper, who uh. Was in Star Trek First Contact as a stunt person. He's more of a stunt man,
2: actually. All right. Episode nine was unaired. Uh, it's called The Candidates.
0: And then uh, episode 10 was called Showdown at Walla Walla. Wait, hold on. The, episode nine, The Candidates, was the second Tina Others episode.
2: It also okay. featured
0: Jack Riley. Okay, then I, even though it, it was unaired, uh-huh. I do
2: have a, a capsule for that. All right, go on then. Uh, because so- Jack, Jack Riley played uh, somebody who was sort of like Deep Throat, and they actually gave him that name uh, on IMDb. So uh, it must be this episode, maybe it aired. Again, sh- shrugging shoulder uh, emoji here. I have no idea. It, maybe it aired somewhere maybe it did uh a deep throat like informant surfaces in seattle and begins advising Harold on how to win the student body presidency and uh in case we didn't mention who deep throat was a legend legend in show business jack riley
0: oh yeah of course Uh, the the kid jack riley did everything he did he literally did everything he was uh who was he he played like Beepo the Clown and Dr. Flick and Jim Wimberly. He was on seven episodes of Night Court, Mike.
2: Well, he was on, yeah, he was on Night Court quite a few times. Where people really would know him from,
0: ooh, he ooh, played. Stu, me, me. pick me, pick me. Chico. The Littles would know him as the voice of Stu
2: Pickles. No, you'd even know, even better than that, where people would know him from. Even bigger than Stu Pickles. Th- this is if pretty it's big.
0: Stu, okay, Th- you know this what? This is Try pretty
2: me. big. Try me. D- okay, do you have faith in me?
0: I always have faith in you.
2: I appreciate it. He was Elliot Carlin on the Bob Newhart show. He was oh. like that neurotic patient that was uh, in the Bob Newhart office all the time. Whoa! I I knew that. Yes. Yeah, that's why I said I had a really good one. I didn't want to like diss on <laughs> hey. Stu Pickles. But when you're talking about the Bob Newhart show, I think his character, Jack Reilly's character, Elliot, was like one of the people who made that show.
1: Hey, hold on a second. Well, you know, what'd you say he was? He was a neurotic character.
2: He was a neurotic character, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, this scene explains a lot about why he was so neurotic, okay?
4: Stu, what are you doing
3: making chocolate pudding
4: it's four o'clock in the morning why on earth are you making chocolate pudding
3: because i've lost control of my life
0: <laughs> what i still remember that pigeon with babish episode yeah then
3: <laughs> oh jeez
0: Yeah,
1: in that episode of Frog Rats, Angelica fakes breaking her leg. And so they have to, so Stu and Dee Dee have to do tests for her and get her whatever she wants. And one of them is making chocolate pudding at three in the morning. Editor's note, yes, I know that Dee Dee said that Stu was making chocolate pudding at four in the morning and not three in the morning, but you know what I mean.
2: Oh my
0: gosh at three in the actual morning.
2: That and actually sounds pretty good, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I know it's not three I in the morning. I didn't
0: even know there was a three in the morning.
2: Oh my gosh. That's why Stu lost the will to live. <laughs> yeah, but to say the least, Jack Riley, he is beyond a known commodity. Everybody knows where, uh, who he is. He's been like everywhere the last, like, 40 or so years, passed away unfortunately about five years ago yeah, actually just over five years ago August 19th of of 16 so he's been gone for just a little while but he did stuff up until 2011 the uh, the Garfield show the Cartoon Network remake which sucks compared to Garfield and Friends True. Oh yeah Very inferior. Nothing
1: compares to Garfield and Friends Not a damn thing
2: No, Friends are there. Never mind Anywho, hey, the last episode is called Showdown at Walla Walla. Martin attends the 20th reunion of his high school class to face the bully who harassed him for six years. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Huh? He went to high school for six years? What? Excuse well, no, it says me? the bully harassed him for six years in high school or his 20th high school reunion. Okay, maybe he bullied him in junior high school, but. Maybe it's it just in
0: college,
2: it makes it funnier. Yeah, it makes it funnier if you say six years in high school. High school were the best six years of his life.
0: Uh, and by the way, playing the role of said bully, Lyle Ox Johnson, yeah, they actually call him that Gary Lee Davis, who did stunts on Austin Powers, but basically is known for. Playing a heavy set Texan or a biker.
2: Boy, that sounds like typecasting a little bit.
0: Just a little
2: bit. Yeah. Uh, we should also throw out there's other guest stars, unfortunately, because the episode guides are incomplete. We can't necessarily fill in all the blanks. I just wanted to throw a couple more names out there, which are definitely known entities. We talked about one a number of times in the past. The one that we really haven't talked about. Uh, on an unknown number of episodes playing Rip Steele was Hoyt Axton. Oh, yes!
1: Best known as Billy's Dad in Gremlins.
2: Oh, yeah. Among many other things, but yes, definitely known as uh, the, uh, the father in Gremlins. But also, another name, the, the other name that pops out uh, looking at the IMDB, playing Ralph Pomeroy on one episode and this is a uh, one that I think is going to ring a bell for Greg. Ernie Sabella. Oh, oh, oh. yes. Ernie Sabella. You we, know who it is. Yes. We talked
1: about him in previous entry. It's your move. You're but also, right. We but, did. That's but, who he is. But also, as we know, he was Pumbaa in the Lion King, but also he was Leia Remney's dad in the uh, beach season. Of Saved by the Bell. The
0: beach half season, yeah. Beach and season, yes.
2: Yeah. So, to say the least, we know who Ernie Sabella is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all, all you need to say is uh, Leah Remini's dad. You need or- to
0: say Lion King. You need to say, it's your move. That's it. That's the list. And if you still don't know after that, I've got one line for you. Okay. <clears throat> When I was a young warts,
1: oh, brings a tear to
2: your eye or something like that. <laughs> uh, actually, Ralph P- Pomeroy, it says here, uh, he was in the last episode that showdown at Walla Walla, so uh, th- that's where you start, would see Ernie Sabella in the final episode. Yep, well, we got through the episodes. Uh, I wanted to talk about the ratings because I saw some interesting stuff here that maybe you wouldn't expect from the ratings. I have the ratings from the first week, and I have the ratings from the last week. I just want to go over those two. I have more than that, but I, I think it paints an interesting picture, to say the least. Yeah. So the first week, 67 shows for that week. Uh-huh. It was 45th, so about two-thirds of the way down. Yeah. Uh, shows in the same general area. Believe it or not, Real People was at 41. So even though Real People was still on the air, remember, 84 was its last season, I believe. So it was actually sort of on par with domestic life. You had Hill Street Blues at 44. You actually had Oh Madeline at 40. So Oh so Madeline actually did better than domestic life. Uh, you had Silver Spoons at 53. You had Auto Man at 56. Ripley's, believe it or not, at 57. We Got It Made at 59. Elsewhere was 60. Surprisingly for a show that ran that long. And and then since it's like the worst show, like every week we take a look at 1983-84, your number 67 show, the worst show of the week, First Camera.
1: Oh, yeah. That's your fault, NBC. He canceled Voyager's for that because you thought you'd get that sweet 60 minutes money for yourself nope
2: nope Mm -hmm. not happening no sir so remember 45th is where it was after the first week let's go to the last week where do you think it ended up in its last week april 15th the week of april 15th of 84 Mm. and i will Mm. tell you there were i will tell you
1: 64 shows that week. Okay. 64
2: shows. I will guess 55th. (gasps) 53rd. How about 29th?
0: What? That's what I said. This is a little backwards. Uh, Okay. All right. I have the grid from now. That was a Sunday airing.
2: Uh, Oh, okay. But
0: but, uh, But do you know what was airing on the other two networks? Because I have the grid right in front of me.
2: Yeah, tell us. So so if it's Sunday night, then... uh, It's not just any Sunday night. Oh, it's Easter Sunday night.
0: Yes. The Ten Commandments. Okay, the Ten Commandments. ABC's airing airing the Ten Commandments. Right. NBC is airing Jesus of Nazareth. Uh Uh-oh. Susan, take it away. (laughs) Uh-oh. There you go. And by the time it got around to episode, what, seven or eight, it moved from Wednesdays to Sundays, where it was up against, on one side, Hardcastle and McCormick, and on the other side, Knight Rider.
2: That's like a double, uh uh-oh.
0: Susan, that's your cue. (laughs) Uh-oh.
2: But still, it's on Sunday nights. There's still new episodes, but... Still, the last week it aired, it was 29th. It was in the top half, uh, even though that week the Ten Commandments was 7th. And actually, Jesus of Nazareth finished 48th that week. So it did significantly better than Jesus of Nazareth, believe it or not. And, yeah, I mean, it it did better than Mike Hammer that week, than Benson, Give Me a Break, Facts of Life, uh, Dukes of Hazard. Well that, well, that would have been the season that had uh, the cousins, right? 83, 84? Yeah. So th- th- that's why Dukes of Hazard was rated so low. Uh, Fantasy Island, uh, the movie Still the Beaver. The movie Still the Beaver. Oh, the
1: movie. Uh, the movie. Still
2: the st- I have to emphasize the movie Still the Beaver was 44th that week. Uh, and still, and cool. Hill, Hill Street Blues. Matt Houston was 55th that week. Knight Rider was 59th out of 64. And, and actually, well, obviously uh, 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 first camera didn't air that week because it was uh, Easter Sunday. The, the bottom show that week was Father Murphy, which I, I'm sure we've got to talk about Father Murphy at some point. At some point, yeah. With, with, with Merlin Olsen, absolutely.
1: Oh, Merlin Olsen. Oh, yeah. I'm always down to talk about
2: Merlin Olsen. Absolutely. Great football player. Legendary.
4: I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He comes over on occasion.
0: And a great commentator, too. Mutual of Omaha. Did I tell you that Mutual of Omaha made Merlin Olsen's career? Oh, jeez!
1: No, I thought broadcasting with Dick Enberg on the NFL and NBC made his career.
2: Both of you! Father Murphy made his career. <laughs> Please. Don't don't be bringing this stuff up about Merlin Olsen. Oh, well, his football career made his career. Oh, you know, being on uh, FT, FTD commercials made his career. No, Father Murphy made his career. I'm putting my foot down. The good foot. Oh, my. <laughs> Damn, son. Uh, I could put the bad foot down too but I don't know how that would sound yeah that doesn't sound too well no no no, not
0: really oh my gosh so but overall as uh, 83-84 season as a whole uh, Mike do you happen to know how many shows aired during 1983 and 1984?
2: I I would assume at least 70
0: (laughs) I would imagine so because domestic life Placed uh, sixty
2: nine. Nice. Oh my gosh! I sound like one of my fifteen-year-old students. Nice. I'm John.
0: I'm fifteen, and I love weed. No.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh no. I I I, I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. After that, no. that's that's. Mm-mm so 69th okay yep well hey you know I just thought of something Steve Martin clearly needed something to do after doing the Winds of Whoopi <laughs> what you know
4: what he's I'm sorry wrong. I had to get a Winds of Whoopi reference in
0: there <laughs> he's wrong I dare you to tell me he's wrong
2: just remember, this was before he could possibly think of whooping and, and remembrance. Somebody <laughs> oh better oh. oh. oh.
0: check on Greg. Uh, Greg, Greg, you alright, man? Okay. <laughs> Bro, oh, I'm,
1: <laughs> laughing, I'm laughing so hard that Loki didn't Hank Pym in last week's "What If." <laughs>
4: uh,
1: what's with the Goth kid? Hello, text
3: to God. Hi.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh hell no!
2: Oh my gosh! I need to breathe after that one. So yeah, uh, talking about this show. I believe it was Time Magazine called it like one of its 10 favorite comedies or new TV shows of, of the 1984 season.
0: Yeah. In fact, Martin, I have a quote It's from Martin Mull himself. He said, okay. I believe we were voted by Time as one of the top 10 shows of the year on the same day CBS canceled us. Uh, the other thing that sticks in my mind, other than just having a ball doing it, because it was my first starring role, was that Tom Hanks was our warm-up man. He won't warm up the audience for us. I don't know whatever happened to that kid, but he was very good at that.
2: He did the Guardians introductory video. That's what happened to him.
0: Last time I saw that guy who did the uh, warm-up on domestic life, I think he was stranded on a deserted island with a volleyball or something.
1: No, last time I saw him, he had an encounter with Borat and it didn't end up
2: well. I can't believe that Tom Hanks actually had to do warm up here after he was on Bosom Buddies as, and he had a semi recurring role on family ties as the uncle.
1: As the uncle as Uncle Ned.
2: Uncle Ned, yeah. And, and isn't this the
1: year Splash comes out?
2: Eighty yes. four, yes, absolutely. You know what? In
1: Splash and B- Splash and Bachelor Party.
0: Yeah, in nineteen eighty four, those were just two movies. We didn't know that Splash was gonna become Splash.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and also this is early 84 splash and bachelor party would have probably been summer of 84. Yeah. Yeah. Those would have been your big summer movies. So this is literally like on the cusp of Tom Hanks hitting stardom. Yeah. Yeah. So that's domestic life. I think. Sounds like it should have run for a lot longer. It sounds like a smart TV show. Martin Mull is seemingly like the king of short-lived television. Friendwood Tonight, America Tonight, this. But also at the same time, he played uh, one of the owners of the restaurant on uh, Roseanne. And that lasted him, what, a good four or five years, I think.
1: Yeah. Him, oh, yeah. him
2: and Fred Willard. Was it Fred Willard?
1: Fred Willard was on there, yeah.
2: Yeah, Fred Willard. So needless to say, well, Fred Willard was on anything that had Martin Mull, except for uh, this. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And Martin Ball was not on Sister Sister, where Fred Willard played the uh incredibly too white for the room principal.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that on Sister Sister. Go, baby. But also Martin Bull in one year is gonna be Professor Plum and Clue.
0: Oh that's, that's a favorite gonna, of Greg's gonna make his career.
2: Oh yes. Yeah, oh that's a favorite of Greg's, absolutely. Oh Clue.
1: Can't get enough of that.
0: No, I will watch the hell out of that
1: movie. Hey, the second best movie in 1985 that had Christopher Lloyd in it. Y'all know what number one is. Yeah. A
0: little movie that also came out. Well, no, it did not come out in 1984. It came out in
1: 1985. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, it it, it was was a movie that, uh, according to Netflix, made us.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh and actually uh and I think we posted this on the Twitter, or I should say I posted on the Twitter, uh some time ago. Uh I ran into Martin Mull at a Browns game like 28 years ago. Yes, I think you've told us this story. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't run into him. Uh there was a fan we, we the game ended, we had lost, and some guy said, Hey Martin Mull, you know, it's good to see you here and he's you know all sort of like quiet and stuff like you know cool you know i'm just you know a, a normal guy going to a browns game and by chance i had a martin Mull trading card with me i'm not even joking from from pros line in 1992 oh uh, yeah. w- one of my favorite series one autograph oh, per box i miss that oh i missed that too And I, oh, I opened a box of that a couple of years ago. That's still fun to open. But uh, so I had that card with me just in case Martin Mull was ever at a Browns game, because that was the year I actually worked Browns games doing uh, selling hot dogs and stuff. But yeah, I I happened to be right there when Martin Mull uh, was recognized by this guy. And I whipped out that card so fast with a Sharpie and Martin Mull signed it. Oh, yeah, I know. Cool story, bro. But actually, you know what? That story takes me to something else. Whoa. Huh? Yeah. It's time for eBay Prices Right. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> Let me guess. Is this going to be the Pro Set
2: cord itself? You're darn right, because... I told you one autograph per box. Martin Mull signed several of them. I shouldn't say several. He probably signed several hundred or several thousand, but I have a listing for one that sold within the last three weeks. Okay. And it's uh, we'll do dollars. Uh, I'm not going to ask dollars and cents. This is actually the sold price. If I wanted to be really mean, I'd go look at some of the buy it nows, but I'm not going to make it that ridiculous. We're going to do an actual sold price, sold August 11th. Uh, I'm going to go with Greg first, just dollars.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Dollars. I will go $99.
2: Chico. $42. You're both over. Uh, oh. Greg, try again. Under $42.
1: $25.
2: Okay. Chico. $10. Chico was pretty close the first time. Uh, $36. Oh. oh. $4 shipping too, but $36. And uh, there are some others that sold $31, $20, but the Buy It Nows, uh, definitely you, you want to uh, probably steer away from these. Uh, $124.95, $100, $199, $149. Yeah, those are the buy-it-nows on the same exact autograph card that went for $19.99 or $31 or $36. But they're out there. Get yourself a Martin Mull trading card. Okay. All right. Well, now I think we can close up this episode we can shut the, the vault on domestic life. And next time we're here on Thursday,
0: what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the two things that made a kid's day on Saturdays during the 80s cartoons and wrestling.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Bob Ridgely and Night Court.
1: No, but okay. Could you imagine, guys, in 1985, in one special, you have Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Captain Lou Albano, New Edition, Pee Wee Herman, Patty LaBelle, Gary Owens, Cindy Lauper, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
2: What is going on here?
1: Well, you're just going to have to wait until Thursday to find out right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Thursday. Wow! And now for the super what-am-i bonus question
3: worth $2,000. Here it is! I am colorless and initially odorless, but if I do not soon evaporate, bacteria makes me offend the olfactory senses. What am I? Jeffrey! I am pond scum. Strangely appropriate, but not correct. (laughs) Catherine! I am lighter fluid. Sorry, Catherine, that's not correct. But you can still win if bull fails to answer correctly before time runs out. (laughs) yes and not only are you human sweat you are our grand prize winner with nine thousand seven hundred dollars stop him i gotta get to him before the commercial's over no no dad he already oh i want to be your love slave (laughs) sir mr shannon just won and we're on the air live you pervert what (laughs) Ah! <laughs>